Hello, intrepid leaders, and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Blog, where we talk about navigating everyday leadership. And today we're exploring kindness and leadership. Of course, we view kindness as one quality of leadership, and you don't have to look very far to find many stories and articles promoting random acts of kindness. That being said, unfortunately, there will be many of us who have been on the receiving end of leadership approaches that are, well, void of any kindness. Harvard Business School's Amy Cuddy, along with research partners, have demonstrated that even before establishing their own credibility or competence, leaders who project warmth are more effective than people who lead with toughness. Basically, kindness and warmth appears to accelerate trust. And so whilst random acts of kindness are important, if we want to be great leaders, maybe we shouldn't focus so much on being random, but instead focus on the one thing great leaders intentionally practice, and that is kindness. And joining us today to chat about leading with kindness is the lovely Rebecca Aylward. Uh, Rebecca trained at the Royal London Hospital and worked at Guy's Hospital London before returning to Wales. She's been a nurse for over 30 years and is passionate about nursing and strives to drive the quality agenda forward. Rebecca is now the Director of Nursing for Professional Standards, Governance and Improvement at Cardiff and Vale University Health Board. And in 2018, she won the Chief Nursing Officer for Wales Leadership Award at the Royal College of Nursing Nurse of the Year Awards. Rebecca is also a member of the Florence Nightingale Foundation Scholar Alumni, uh, having completed the Senior Leader Scholarship in 2020. When she's not in work, Rebecca is a keen runner, uh, and I wanted to let you all know that she'll be running the London Marathon in October this year and raising money for the wonderful Macmillan. Um, uh, And again, I have to say, she's already raised around £10,000 for this wonderful charity with previous running events. Um, And for those of you who know me, Macmillan is a charity that's very close to my heart. So I thank Rebecca for all of that fundraising. And uh, the other thing she enjoys when she's not in work is 80s music. She's a huge fan of 80s music. Um, And so, unfortunately, there's no accounting for taste, but, you know, each to their own. So welcome to the Leadership Log, Rebecca. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. How are you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing really good today. And I'm very pleased to be uh, taking part in this conversation. Good. I wonder if you'll still be saying that at the end of the conversation, Rebecca, but it's lovely to have you today. It's uh, it's really great. Um, and to be talking about something uh, that I know is uh, a, a probably quite a core value for you, and that is about leading with kindness. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. Um, and why not, let's just, why not start with, um, you know, asking you, what does leading with kindness mean to you? That's a really good question, Becky. And I think you you hit on it a moment ago, really, because you said core values. And I think that is at the heart of leading with kindness. You have to understand what your core values are um, to be authentic as a leader. I think leading with kindness is also about being consistent with your behaviours. So you you also need to be a a leader um, who is role modelling Um, kindness that is consistent and in a calm manner I think that's also really important that you're calm in your approach I do a lot of watching people Mm. I I watch my team I see what's going on I I listen intently uh, to conversations I 
I look at my team and I think, okay, what's going on with you? I almost kind of do that little barometer check, Mm -hmm. especially over the last couple of years with COVID. It's important to know when your team perhaps are are struggling. Yeah. So that you can give give them and, and wrap around that support. I think it's also really important to lead with kindness that you make that personal connection with your team. It goes a long way to notice if somebody's you know, simply had a, a new haircut to compliment them on that, to ask them how their mum is if they've been unwell. These little things, they go an awful long way. I think it's really important that you invest in people on a personal level because they'll want you to work, they'll want to work with you and that they'll want to see you succeed. And I think kindness integrates into your personal life and your leadership. And that's the success to, to, to being kind and consistently because you can't just switch it on and off. You can't try and lead with kindness in work and then not be kind at, at home, if, if that makes sense, Becky. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And it goes back to what you're saying about your, you know, about being consistent, isn't it? You know, what you just said there about switching it on and off. It's not like, you know, it's not like a tap, you know, it's not just there when you need it and you can switch it off when it's not. And and I guess, um, you know, there'll be times where it's harder to be kind um, and times where it's, it's quite easy to be kind. It'll depend on the context, the situation you find yourself in and the people that you're with, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks for that, Rebecca. There's some great stuff in there um, for us to unpick. There's a couple of things I'd like to come back to. The first one really is about, you talked about a barometer check. So how do we do that? How do we do that barometer check of our teams? You got any great tips for doing that? Well, I I guess when I referenced a a barometer check, it was more about me internally watching. And because I I personally invest in my team and I get to know people as an individual, I can actually pick up on some pretty subtle nonverbal clues and some quite (laughs) in-your-face verbal (laughs) clues um, that people are getting a little bit stressed and a little bit, ooh, you know, perhaps not giving their best. Um, And then I think it's up to me as a leader to take the the right opportunity to pull them to one side or just to check in and say everything okay today and you know how's how's your day going it seems a bit crazy um just give them that opening so that they can talk yeah um so it's it's i guess it's my own internal uh, barometer check but i guess you know there's other things aren't there um i remember talking about depression and the barometer check that you can do in your head isn't it you know what's the weather in your head today yeah you know it's it's something fun like that that you can do with teams yeah would be really good yeah. anything that opens up that that personal conversation and that connection is just really important and it's worth investing in that time yeah so it's creating that space isn't it for them to feel safe to do that which i think ultimately is something that if you're using you know if you are uh a leader who leads with kindness you kind of that trust and that and that kind of space for speaking up and saying you know what I'm not okay today or whatever but and I guess the other thing is you're absolutely right it's about being curious about your staff so what I've just shared there from you is that level of curiosity about your staff beyond work mm. you know and and how they show up and starting to know them into in that way so there's something there as well isn't there about being a leader that spends that time in getting to know their staff both in and out of work I, I think that's really important but I also think it's good for your staff to know you as well mm. and I'm quite I am quite a quiet person I am your classic introvert in, in your Myers-Briggs but I 
I do think that it's very important for me to show my staff my vulnerable side. Yeah. I think it's important for me to show my staff that I do not have the answers for everything. Yeah. And I will often say to them, I haven't got the answers. Help me out. What are we going to do with this situation? Or it's it's really important that you you have a sense of humour. Hugely important to be able to laugh at yourself um, and and laugh at situations. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. And um, thanks um, for sharing that. You are because you are right. There is something as about role modelling, isn't there, as a leader, so that staff can know when you're not okay as well. I think that, but that, but you know, that requires some vulnerability as a leader, doesn't it? Not everybody's comfortable with that level of vulnerability. But the, one of the other things you talked about in there as well was about listening. Now, I know as a leader, I'm not always the best listener. Actually, I know probably personally, and you can probably attest to this, I'm not always the best listener. You know, there will be times where you will say to me, look at me now, I need you to listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> I know that you, you know, I know, you know, we've had those conversations where you kind of say to me, look at me, this is important, you need to listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> because, you know, I my I got a bit of a magpie brain. Um, but 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 I just want to pick up on that listening thing because I think um, something that has been said recently, and I think you may have said this to me, and my coach has also said this to me, is about listening to what's not being said as well. So um, I wonder, you know, what does that mean to you if somebody says to you, listen to, you know, what's not being said as well? Is that goes back to what you're just saying about? watching your staff and you know that sort of thing yeah very much so I think that listening is is oh my gosh if you can um really listen to people with true intent um and it is about listening to what is not being said and when we talk about that it's looking at the non-verbal cues Mm. or even just listening to how much emphasis people will put on different words when you're having a conversation with them. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. And I think that one of the most valuable courses I did as part of my nursing journey was a diploma in counselling. Because that taught me at a very early stage in my career, actually, the power of listening and empathy and being with someone and truly in that, that kind of therapeutic compassionate relationship that you are truly listening to someone and then you can help guide them and I use that every day in my leadership Mm. and maybe that's what leading with kindness is Mm. and I would suggest it goes beyond just listening doesn't it It goes it's listening and understanding yeah yeah. And you know I love that Stephen Covey quote about, you know, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. Most people listen with the intent to reply. Yes. Um, and so I guess what you're saying is there's, therein lies the difference and possibly, you know, that leads to that kindness element of what we're talking about is that you're understanding whether you're listening to words or you're listening by observing non-verbal cues, as you said. Absolutely. And there's also something about being comfortable in silence. I'm not very good at that. No, I'm not. (laughs) But it, you know, it's, it's having that... It's difficult to sit with someone and have those silences in the conversation. It is. But actually they're really powerful because they give that other person the time to think. Yeah, no, I I would agree completely, and that I gotta be honest, I think that's probably a biggest one of my biggest learning points over the last twelve months, as a part of my the scholarship, is that um, that space is important not just for me but for others. 
Um, and I've actually applied it, and I think I've seen a different response from people as a result of me, as a result of me being silent. So that resonates with me hugely. So I think. You know, we're talking about kindness and we're talking about some of this stuff. And um, I know we've had this conversation before and I know there are some perceptions out there that actually leading with kindness could be seen as a soft, fluffy type of approach. Or um, So what's your response? I think I know what your response to that is, but I wonder if you want to tell our listeners what your response to that kind of perception around leading with kindness being a soft approach. What's your What's your response to that? Well... Since we're talking about kindness, I'm actually not thinking kind thoughts because it actually makes me quite angry because actually leading with kindness is actually leading with strength and compassion Mm. and bravery. Yeah. Because, um, you know, leading with kindness is is just so important and I get really annoyed when people think you're a pushover just because you're kind. Mm. Um, and I, I maybe I, I don't know I've been called this and I do not think it's a compliment but it, it did make me giggle but somebody um, likened me to um, an iron fist in a velvet glove <laughs> I, I don't know whether it's a compliment or not but it did make me reflect quite a little bit about that um, mm. and maybe that is I suppose the, the analogy that I could make to um, you know leading with kindness it is you're not a pushover you're actually really strong I think that's a great analogy actually because I think you know that that iron fist is is that suggestion that behind the soft kind leadership you know is that courage is that is that strength is that you know we will get you know I am going to be you know quite firm here but I am going to do it in a way that demonstrates that I care personally as well though because you I've heard that a lot from you so far in our conversation Rebecca is that you know you care personally for the staff that you work with mm-hmm. um and so I think you know I, I like I quite like that analogy I mean, courage courage is being kind courage is being strong um and kindness I suppose it's it's being nice when there isn't something in it for you mm. Um, and, and that's Im- that's important, I think. Yeah, because it's not necessarily. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I like that because I guess you know, um, yeah, being kind is is doing something that isn't necessarily about you. No, it's it's when it's not about you. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Um, and so, so you talk about being strong and, and being, um, you know, that kindness isn't just kind of like um, some soft, fluffy approach. But you, and you've also referred to the fact you're an introvert. So actually, you know, I'm just starting to think to myself. This sounds like it takes a lot of emotional energy, maybe sometimes to 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 be kind if it's not something that's necessarily uh, natural for somebody. Um, would you agree with that, or do you think that kindness is something that just comes? Well, I don't think. I don't think you can lead with kindness and it be hard work because it's not something that you consistently think, oh, I'm going to be kind today. No, I know. I should. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but when you talk about emotional investment, yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, being a nurse working in the NHS is emotionally draining anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I just think that being kind actually makes the job a whole lot easier because you've got that really nice relationship with people and you feel comfortable. Mm. And when it's really stressful, well, we're all in it together. 
Yeah. You know, there's nobody better than anybody else in my team and we're all in it together to get the job done yeah so I don't it can be emotionally draining but I think just generally working in the NHS as a nurse is emotionally draining yeah it's really interesting actually because I was just thinking to myself you know that you you talk you described you described how some people have referred to as this kind of like iron fist in a velvet glove and you know we've all got like these um kind of attributes that people and then there's this this expectation of us in terms of how we behave isn't it so some of the attributes may be applied to me are kind of like always full of energy you know fun and all that sort of thing but there will be days where I don't feel energetic and I don't want to be fun and then I really have to search quite deeply for that level of emotional energy to be that perceived um so do you think there's a similar thing with you know with kindness if you're recognized as being kind is it the end of the world when you have a bad day and you may not be that kind oh that's a difficult one (laughs) maybe you better ask my team about that oh yeah um I think that you know as as you said I've been I've been nursing a long time uh I've done a lot of courses like I mentioned the counseling course and I think I've actually trained myself um, to do that internal barometer check so when I feel that I'm getting into that high stakes situations I do recognize that the maybe the more difficult parts of my personality do come <laughs> out um, but it's up to me to do that barometer check. And I know what those red flags are. So I recognise when I am starting to get in a high-stick situation where I may not behave with kindness. Mm. And I think it comes back to what we talked about values at the beginning. Because for me, if somebody said to me that I'd been unkind to them and treated them badly, that would really hurt. Would that be like a dagger? That would be like a dagger. So mm. therefore, I... I, I hopefully do not get myself in that situation yeah but what I'm hearing a lot is it's it's about self-awareness so like a lot of what you're describing a lot of what you're talking about is that level of self-awareness you have a level of self-awareness this is something that you've obviously been working on during the course of your career um you know but knowing you I know that kindness is just you are that's who you are you know you are very kind um it, it, you know whether that's in work or that's just you know to passers by on the street um or whatever and, and I guess just moving us out to this kind of soft approach I guess into maybe another question people might have about leading with kindness how can we use kindness so how can we address poor performance and poor attitudes with kindness because if there's this perception of it being a soft approach there may also be this perception that actually how is leading with kindness going to help us manage the more difficult situations like poor performance or poor attitudes um but what what are your thoughts on that well you know it doesn't sit comfortably with anybody does it when you've got to have those difficult conversations where you've got a member of staff who perhaps hasn't been behaving in the way that they should be or there's some elements of their practice that need addressing it's really difficult isn't it you know um because we're humans and we care and I think that that's the approach that I take I plan it yeah and I think about it and I think about okay I've got to deliver this message to this person 
how is that going to make them feel? So if you can try and get into their space and, and into their shoes and how they're going to react to the information that you're going to be given to them, then you can think about how you frame it and you deliver it in a sensitive way. Because you can get your message across very clearly, very firmly, but very kindly. And Brené Brown said that being kind is being clear and being unkind is being unclear. And I know that that will resonate with you, Becky, because I know that you very much like the work that Kim Scott does around radical candour. Yes. And when when we're saying to people, you know, not being truthful, not being honest with them, we're not being kind to them. We're being really false. Yeah, and we owe it to people, don't we? It's kind. It's actually a kind act to let people know when they're not doing a great job. Yeah, isn't it? Because it gives them an opportunity to grow, and it gives yeah. them an opportunity to do something about it. Yeah, but I think it's also really important when you have those difficult conversations. Don't shy away from them. Have them, um, but check in with that individual a few days later. No, to make I w- sure they're okay. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, because it's about follow up. I think yeah. that's actually really great. Um, that's a really great point is like that follow-up but it isn't just about in that moment is it it's about that following up as well I think probably I, I can't not ask you this question I guess and so have you ever felt out of depth as a leader and not acted with kindness oh dear me <laughs> um, I'd like to think that I've never acted unkindly yeah um but certainly over the last few years leading through the pandemic has made me feel really quite i don't know unsettled in my leadership and maybe a little bit out of my depth um and and the reason that i i say that is because i felt as a leader that i wasn't enough because i would be trying to deal with what was coming with the pandemic and what we would deal the dreadful situations we were finding ourselves in and I didn't have the answers and uh, my team I felt looked to me to have the answers Um, and it's very difficult when you go onto a ward and you see the distress and the fear in the nurse's eyes and actually the fear in the patient's eyes that's really difficult and you've got nothing to offer. You've got no solutions. Um, so probably, I probably felt that I didn't act with kindness because I didn't have the answers and I, I didn't feel I was enough. That I mean, that's so interesting to me because um, there's something... So we've talked here about kindness and, and acting with kindness and leading with kindness and all those sorts of things. And we've talked about it in a way that we do it to others or for others. But what I've just heard you say sounds like you are not being very kind to yourself. And I think that's that kind of turning that kindness on self is maybe something that we don't do because, you know, during a pandemic, a global pandemic, something that we've never, ever experienced before, you're not going to have the answers, are you? Um, and it would be interesting to ask your team this, I guess. My 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 guess is that you did have something to offer your team, and what you did have to offer your team was a level of calmness, 
Um, and that kindness that you so eloquently talked about all the way through this conversation so far. So I think this this is an interesting uh, kind of turn in the conversation, really, from that kindness to others, about kindness to self. So how do you think, you know, what is how important is that as leaders, do you think, to be kinder to ourselves? I think you, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I probably wasn't being very kind to myself. Um, and I, I recall on several occasions, you know, nurses on the ward would say to me, and how are you feeling? Because it must be really difficult for you as well. And my immediate reaction was to completely dismiss that question. Oh, I'm fine, you don't worry about me, you know. Yeah. Because you know, I should be the one supporting you. But it did mean a lot, that they recognise that actually it must be quite tough for me as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking about leading with kindness. Um, but, you know, we're all human and we're all going to make mistakes. And, yes, we do need to be kinder to ourselves because nobody gets it right all the time. No, I think... And I think, you know, it, it, you know, just my head is trundling through, trying to trundle through some of the stuff we've talked about, you know. And the fact that your staff came to you and asked you if you were okay... Um, echoes to me the whole thing you were talking about right at the very beginning of this conversation about you barometer checking with your staff and they were obviously doing the same thing to you and that was a bit of a like oh you know never really thought about it um in in that way but I think again and you know I'm a huge fan of psychological safety and all those other things and I think there's something here as well about it's okay to not be okay we've heard that so much haven't we over in particular over the last 18 months but actually if you go beyond you know pre-pandemic there were probably many moments you know many people who felt that they weren't okay and maybe you know one of the great things to come out of the pandemic is this is is this ability and this kind of not rejoicing that's not the right word but now people seem to be better at saying that they're, they're not okay maybe the pandemic has given given us like this broad broad brush permission to speak up and say it's not okay um I don't know there may be many I mean there may be many people out there who still disagree with that and they've maybe not got that psychologically safe space to do that but do you think that's something that you create for your staff is that opportunity for them to say to you that it's not okay I would like to think so, because I think it's very important about role modelling. So if a leader, you say, I'm not OK today, mm. or you show that you're upset by something, mm. then that's really good and that's really powerful. And somebody in that team will kind of step up for you on that day, mm. which is good. Mm. I think that I do try to promote psychological safety in my team, um, but that's within my team i yeah, think it's yes. very difficult to have psychological safety across an organization yeah oh gosh yeah i know and that's another podcast isn't it and there, there are um as with systems in general there are many levels of psychological safety on them whilst you may feel that you have that in your immediate day-to-day team in which you work in you know there are other uh, kind of layers of the onion where you may feel that you haven't got that yeah. level of psychological safety but i think that compassionate leadership you talk about you know people feeling it's okay to say they're not all right i think when there's a movement now isn't there more about leading with the heart yes compassionate leadership yes yeah 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 it's interesting isn't it i think leadership is a fascinating 
a subject in in general and it, and you know whatever you call it it's just about um it's just about being good to people isn't it it's just about understanding people it's about recognizing everybody's differences it's around that diversity of thought that diversity of of opinion that diversity you know diversity in many 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 formats um and that everybody feels the same level of inclusion the same level of um understanding the same level of um being listened to and all those other things that you've that you've talked about um and and that can be challenging can't it um for lots of people you can be you know you can be one of the greatest leaders and you can still struggle with some of this stuff sometimes so i think that kindness to self i think is a, is hugely important and actually a great end point i think probably to our conversation so you know it's been lovely talking to you about um kindness and how we can be kind to others but i think that lasting message that final message around kindness to self is equally as important so um thanks rebecca you know it's been lovely having this conversation with you today um but i you should know i haven't quite you know we haven't quite finished with you yet um and if you listen to our podcasts which i have to say i know you do you're one of our you're one of our biggest uh biggest advocates in terms of podcasts so thanks for that um but i've got a couple of questions to ask you before i let you go uh and so the first one is do you have a leadership quote mantra or a philosophy that you try and embody on a day-to-day basis so that you can be the best leader that you can be yes I do actually and it's actually pinned on my tweet page <laughs> oh um, you've got to get that in there yeah get that in I'd there. like a few more you're followers you're looking for more followers aren't oh. you so if you want to yeah if you want a kind <laughs> nursing leader a kind nurse leader to follow then um I shall put um Rebecca's uh, twitter handle well, why don't you tell people what your Twitter handle is? Um, at Aylwood Rebecca, I think. Oh, backwards. She's got to go backwards. <laughs> but we'll put we'll put her Twitter handle in the show notes. That uh, Give her a few more followers. It'll make her day, I'm sure. Oh, it will. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back. What What's what's your quote? Well, it's a quote um, from a gentleman called Albert Schweitzer. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and he was a gentleman that was around at the beginning of the 19th century. And he was a humanitarian uh, doctor and uh, philosopher. And he says, constant kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes ice melt, kindness causes misunderstanding, mistrust and hostility to evaporate. Oh, that's lovely. We should have ended the <laughs> we should have ended the conversation, our podcast conversation with that quote. I mean that just sums up everything we've just yeah, been talking it's lovely, about. Isn't it? Yeah, and for you and I know that, yeah, that just sums up everything we've been talking about. So that's a great that's a great uh quote, a mantra f- for you to to embody on a day to day basis to to maintain that kindness, mm-hmm. that level of kindness. So, um and for a bit of fun, you know, we'll ask um our guests for three dinner guests that they would invite to dinner. They can be dead, alive, real or fictional. Who are your three dinner guests? This is such a difficult question, isn't it? And I listen to the podcast, as as you said, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Um, and I'm fascinated by the choices that people make. Um, so I've gone for 
strong women leaders. Um, and the first person that I would love to have at my dinner table would be Edith Cavell. Mm. And there's a couple of reasons for that, actually. One of the reasons is because she actually trained at the London Hospital. And I would love to have a conversation with her about her training and what it was like to be a nurse um, during the, the, the period of, of World War One. And she was she was a lady who um, actually was shot by the Germans um, in World War One because she was a a nurse um, at the front line who was caring for um, British and German uh, soldiers. She didn't treat anybody any differently, and um, she actually enabled some um, soldiers to um, escape as well. So um, the German shot her. And I just think, oh my God, what a brave lady, what a strong woman, what a strong nurse, what a compassionate person to actually have sacrificed her life. Oh, she was shot dead? Shot dead by the Germans. Oh dear. Up against the wall and shot. Oh dear, that's not very good, is it? No. Um, and uh, and uh, moving on. And, and no, but can, I, can I just say as well, though, there is a statue to Edith Cavell in London. Oh, there is, yes. And I advise everybody to go and see it. I've been there, have I? You have been there. I've been there. <laughs> I thought, I was trying to think, have I seen this? I have, yes, I have seen it. Because there's obviously, you know, there's the Florence statue as well, isn't there? Yes. But I know Edith Cavell is... Uh, yeah, and of course we mustn't forget Betsy Cadwalder. But anyway, this isn't about um, who's the, who's the best historical nurse. This isn't about that competition. No. This is about your dinner guests. Yeah. So let's get it back on track. Who's your second uh, choice? Another very strong lady, and that is Rosa Parks. Oh, mm. yeah. Good choice. Uh, she's called the mother of the civil rights movement. Quite rightly so. And people may have heard about the story that she refused to give up her seat on the bus. Yes. And um, she was such an advocate for um, civil rights. Such a strong lady to have that... that um, We've got boy racers around with Tidville, obviously. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, just for Rosa to have that courage... To actually say no, I'm not getting up. This isn't. This is not right. Um, and by her actions, then um, about a year later, the Su- Supreme Court changed the ruling, and in that state, and um, segregation on buses was stopped. I mean, she went on to do a lot more stuff than that. But yeah, I'd love to have her to dinner as well. Uh, yeah, she'd be a great guest, wouldn't she? Very good. Yeah, two very strong contenders there. Go on. What's your triple threat? Go on. What's the third one? Well, the third one is Audrey Hepburn. Ah, oh. no, I don't. Well, yeah, okay. I get why you've chosen. Yeah, yeah. because she is well, uh, obviously represents all of the nineteen fifties, sixties Hollywood glamour. Yeah, I'd love to meet her. Is she as beautiful as she looks on the on the screen? Yeah. Um, but she, you know. She represents that Hollywood glamour, but she also represents the fact that she she had a a fascinating life. Um, she was working for the Dutch Resistance in World War Two. Was she? Yeah. Wow. Um, and she had a a very difficult um, childhood as well. And then after her Hollywood glamour career, she um, went on to be a really great champion for UNICEF. 
Oh, and right. did a great amount of humata- humanitarian work. Um, and I just think that she's really strong, powerful lady. So I'm going to have dinner with Edith, Rosa and Audrey. I love it. And I also know, come on, when I can nice quote you, well, I like a nice quote, and I know you, you're a huge fan of the Audrey Hepburn quote, aren't you? Yes. Which says... Uh, nothing is impossible. I'm possible. No, the word... Oh, come on now. Oh, nothing is impossible. <laughs> the word itself says... I'm possible. Oh, yes, that's it. You always say it better. No, not at all, not at all. You got there, you got the gist of it. The gist. Well, that's fantastic. And what a triple threat in terms of um, dinner guests. And who knows if we run our um, dinner guest uh, league, fantasy league again this year, you'll never know. Maybe those three those three will definitely be in the running. So you better get your voting get your voting uh, out early in to make sure one of those one of those gets to the final so um Rebecca that brings this episode to a close and all that remains for me to, to all that remains to be said is to thank you for being our guest so Rebecca thank you so much for um uh, being with me today and um being so open and honest with your insights around kindness and leadership um and to thank our listeners for listening so until next time it's goodbye from rebecca goodbye everybody and it's a goodbye from us thanks for listening to the leadership blog where we're navigating everyday leadership this is a non-affiliated podcast and any views thoughts and opinions expressed by the hosts or guests belong solely to them and not necessary to their employer, organisation, committee or other group or individual.